Hi, this is Jeannie Patel-Thompson, and today I'm talking with Dr. Silvio Nutt, who is a medical doctor, and he's board certified in cardiology and emergency medicine. So he is an ideal person for uh, me to have a quick chat with about high cholesterol and statin drugs, because I know this is an issue that a lot of people are facing, and uh, I think we need some really good information and, and to clear the air on this topic and um, get past all the pharmaceutical propaganda around it. So, Dr. Silvio, thanks for agreeing to talk to me today. Hi, how are you? Pleasure to be with you. Thank you. Um, can we start by, uh, let's just talk about what makes a doctor tell a patient you have high cholesterol and you need to get it down. You know, how is that defined and does it have any validity? You know, are they telling patients, you know, correct information to begin with? Well, the, um, that, that would be the state of the art today. To tell the patient that he is his cholesterol is wrong, and that he needs to start taking drugs. There was a a test uh, four or five years ago in England that was a big scandal because they were uh, blindly giving the people what they call the poly pill. It had a statin. Uh, it had uh, some uh, aspirin, and also it had a uh, diuretic to mm-hmm. lower hypertension. And they gave it to about 30,000 people. And, you know, it's kind of a dirty thing because they didn't, they, it, was, it was given to some people that the, the requisite was that you were above uh, 50 years old, for example. Okay. Trying to see if this uh, would change the, the natural history of the cardiac disease. Right. It didn't <laughs> at all. And it was a big scandal because, uh, you, you know, you, we're, we're supposed to be giving this with some criteria. Uh, not, yeah, I'm not going to give you a diuretic to any, anybody or a statin to anybody or aspirins, which is today kind of questioned. You know, the, exactly. the mini dose of, uh, aspirin that was proclaimed, and I, I might personally, I took it for a bunch of years. Today is totally uh, controversial, so um, it doesn't prevent things, and you get hemorrhage uh, every time you get ha- aspirin in your in your stomach and do it and do it in it. So, oh really? Um, I didn't yes, know about it, hemorrhoids. I just knew that it caused you know the gastrointestinal bleeding. Well, you, you get, every time it's like. It's like you get a uh, kind of a, a hit, a punch. You know, it causes uh, hemorrhage in the in the in in the, in, um, uh, in the lining of the stomach. You get um, bleeding every time you get an aspirin. If it's covered, the bleeding goes. It happens, uh, you know, lower. Like when they they get this this we give these drugs, uh, the acetyl or those um, mesalazines, yeah. they um, they produce the same thing, but in the lower in, in the lower intestine because it's covered. It's coated. It's not coated. There, there was a, a little tra- a chemical transformation in the formula. It's still an aspirin, but it's uh, it's acting in a lower level, so it's not absorbed in the stomach or in the uh, the the, the, so, uh, so the small intestine. So you're telling me that um, from a you know chemistry or pharmacological perspective that acetal and mesalamine pentasa those things are very similar to aspirin 
but they are They are aspirins. They, they are, are aspirins. They are anti-inflammatory drugs, and they are their behavior is exactly the same as the aspirin. So it's dose-related, uh, something we spoke sometimes, it's dose-related uh, effects. So if you go way up in the, in the dosage, in the dosage, you are going to inhibit the, the beneficial uh, actions of the aspirin. Right? The, the, the same happens with the aspirin. You, you know, it, it is related. It's not that the aspirin is a, um, uh, I would say, is a, a massage in your, in your body. It has to do with hormones that are called prostaglandins and prostacyclines, uh, up to the point we know. Okay, and yeah. those are those. The activity of those hormones are those related. If you go too much in the dosage, you inhibit them. If you and and, and the the contrary happens. If you go, if you give the normal the normal dosage, you know it's right. they, they 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 you reverse the effect the effect if you give them if you give a high dose. If you give a normal dosage, like I would say a grain of aspirin for a headache, you get the beneficial effect. If you go, if you give, you know, four or five grains of uh, aspirin, the, you may reverse the effect. Okay. So you'd make the headache, the headache would stay the same or the headache would no, get worse? No, you get, yeah, stays the same or you get, uh, you get problems, you know, uh, coming from inhibiting this this um, this hormones. So right. the the point here is, if you the the acetyl, if you go way way up in the in the dos, dosage, the uh, the effects are reversed. So not you don't don't only not get the beneficial effect, you get kind of an intoxication, and you're starting to manipulate other uh, systems in your body. Right commonly referred to as side effects. <laughs> but, you know, yeah. that, that's really interesting that you say that acetal and pentasomazalamine are, are essentially aspirin because, you know, in the pharmaceutical uh, printout for those drugs, it lists, yep. um, you know, bloody diarrhea or bleeding as an extremely rare side effect. And in my experience from my readers, bleeding as a side effect of acetal, I would say, is fairly common simply because it's happened again and again where they've done everything that they can to stop the bleeding, won't stop, and I, I say to them, you know what, you've got to get completely off that acetal, and they do, and the bleeding stops. And Yes, my experience is uh, the same. Um, so, uh, yeah, yes, um, okay, and so I would I, say, go yeah, ahead. The, 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 it's... You know, I, I went very deeply into the literature of the acetal and mesalazine, um, or mesalamine, I don't remember exactly, uh, but, um, and the beneficial effect is very small, very small. They usually is the, the, the drug where, you know, the GIs start uh, acting over, um, IBS or IBD is the first uh, attack drug, and, Sell them in a very, very little times they find this useful to stop the inflammation or the uh, the cause of the uh, uh, malady it's usually they just have to be climbing up to the um, cortisone or 
uh, any kind of um, uh, corticoids, or they have to go to other drugs. But they, it's very rare to find that uh, this drug uh, changes the course of the uh, disease. Right. Okay. So now we, that was a very important uh, sidetrack, <laughs> and I'm glad we got into it. But, okay, um, okay so we're getting back to okay. the yes. high cholesterol. When, the, when they gave this, this gave this uh, little poly pill, right. which is totally banned today. And now, um, wait a minute, I have to ask you, did the patients know what they were, were receiving? No, 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 okay. no. They didn't know. They just they they were kind of uh, um, not informed at all. It was a, it was a massive. You know, the National Health Service uh, gave it as a massive test because this you know, the idea was that this would uh, lower the cost of uh, you know inpatient in hospital patients uh, cardiac uh, interventions and right. et cetera et cetera but it didn't it didn't and they had a lot of side effects and um and a lot and a big scandal big scandal right. so um the point here is you can't you know the drug the drug didn't practically it wasn't used before nineteen eighty before the eighties um this was not a big deal but uh since then, you start finding out that um, you know the pharmaceutical companies are in medicine are saying that they're in the states only in the states thirty six million of potential users for these drugs so that's a big market so we start pumping things into this uh, big market it's not a small it's not a small thing like a couple of millions this is a big and I, I'm, I think I'm sure there are more than, I would say, a quarter of the population in the States right now, like 50 million, is getting these drugs. Right. Or getting this, this, uh, the statin this drugs. statins. Um, the, the, the evidence to uh, support this is very light, is very uh, controversial. They, they, they could never, uh, you know, absolutely demonstrate they could change the natural process of the cardiac heart disease, um, coronary heart disease. They could, they could never change the natural um, uh, occurrence of this. Um, but they, they give the drugs, and they, they show uh, that they could uh, lower the cholesterol in blood. And that, and that is correlated to symptoms. But it's not the reality. If I, the only thing that I can do with statins is go put your cholesterol down. Right. But but that doesn't correlate with the atherosclerosis uh, 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 disease. There's right. no, not a reversal there. That's yeah. really key, what you've just said. So I'm going to rephrase it just to emphasize it. You're saying that, um, okay, you go to your doctor and your cholesterol is high. And he puts yeah. you on a statin drug, and oh, look, your cholesterol's dropped. You're now in a normal range. And you think, fabulous, problem solved. I'm no longer at risk. I'm doing well. But what you're saying is, yes, the statin drugs will drop the blood cholesterol level, but they will have no effect on atherosclerosis or any heart disease. So it's, it's basically a, it's like a dupe. It's completely misleading. You see, you see your cholesterol level drop, and you think, "Oh, great, I'm okay now." But actually, you're not. Nothing has changed right. in your foundational yes. body, in your arteries, in your heart, etc. Correct? Yeah, uh, 
Yeah, it's like uh, you see clear water and you think it's it's you know it's uh, good for drinking and it's probably it could be contaminated. Right. You know, but it's clear. Uh, the same thing happens here. Um, so they since since 1980 they've been trying to in, in demonstrate that the drugs were good, but they couldn't. But um, if if they would be good, you know, they just uh, the problem is also that they're drop they're just popping pills into your body and not uh, uh, addressing other things that are important like uh, the um, your 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 healthy habits of uh eating you know eating you know the com- the composition of of the food is not that important the amount is important if you're overweight if you're sedentary if you smoke if you have a tendency to have diabetes those things would uh, really change the course of the of the disease not the drugs the drugs would probably give you, uh, you know, side effects. Uh, they would, they, you know, if, if we're trying to protect a uh, an organ called heart, the heart is muscle. Yes. I, do you realize this? Yes, correct. Yes. And I'm giving you all these drugs, artovastatin or fulvastatin or lovastatin or pravastatin or semastatin, all those statins, are affecting the the muscles. How? They destroy the muscle. In some degree, uh, some of them do it do it in a bigger degree, some in a smaller degree. But they all affect muscles. And I'm trying to protect your bigger and most valuable muscle in your body, which is the heart. So, huh? What are we doing here? That that is just unbelievable. So you're taking a statin drug so that you can see your blood cholesterol level go down, which does not actually have any effect on heart disease, while simultaneously the drug is damaging the muscles in your body of which yes. the heart is included. So yes. actually, I mean, I mean, I, I just can't see of, I, I, you know, I'm a bit speechless, actually. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, Another thing, you know, what... Do you know cholesterol is 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 essential for our our survival? We, yes. as, as you know, we're sixty percent uh, water, and if our cholesterol is too low, let's say uh, below one hundred and twenty, we lose water. We de- dehydrate, dehydrate. So we're we're going to be in very bad shape if we have a very low cholesterol, which is the case in some uh, thyroid diseases. So we have to preserve cholesterol. On the other hand, cholesterol is high in the the longevity. You know, the people that live longer tend to have higher cholesterol. So there could be a a key there. I read that um, there's a Russian medical doctor and Ph.D. who's written quite a bit about the benefits high cholesterol and that's what he said he says you know the fact that people with high cholesterol live the longest emerges clearly from many scientific papers and of course the pharmaceuticals don't want you to have all of that kind of data because that's not going to sell their drug you know I mean Mm -hmm. just ridiculous okay so what now you you as a cardiologist okay so you have somebody come into your practice 
Yeah. And um, first of all, where is the level that you consider their cholesterol to be too high for their health? Like indicative that, oh, there's actually something, like you need to address something with your health here. What What's the parameters that you use? Well, if I find a high cholesterol, I would I would really do a research on on his hormones more than worrying about his heart disease. I would go and you know I would try to see what's going on with his sugar, his insulin. If he's not a diabetic, if his thyroids are okay, if his um, pituitary is okay, you know I need to know other things than you know just swimming the waters of the statins and uh, cholesterol controlling. And what's I don't the, care. What's the number? What's the what's uh, the number that you see that makes you start investigating what? No, usually it comes. You know, it depends on the method that you're using, but it's an indication of other problems other than, you know, basically the uh, the cholesterol or the or the triglycerides or the um, VH you know, low. Protein, low lipoproteins or very low pro, pro, uh, lipoproteins or those uh, fractions that really change as the fashion. You know, you get, you get uh, wider uh, trousers or higher trousers or, 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 you know, khakis or all those things change all the time. Well, cholesterol uh, fractions change all the time too. They're not, they're, it's not a steady, you know, I used to be, oh, I'm, I'm out of date, I used to say. Oh, I don't understand, because LDLVP were, used to be bad. Now LDBBP is, okay. Now we, you know, and that changes all the time. There's no hard data, there's no hard science there, because it's kind of, um, kind of an estimation depending on percentages and, and, um, uh, Crossing over data from one study to the other, Scandinavian and Scottish, and the biggest, the biggest are Framingham, the Framingham study and the Scandinavian study and the Welsh. There was a Welsh, uh, or I don't remember if it was Welsh or Irish. I think it was Welsh. They, they have the bigger amount of patients and they have the biggest experience. So if you got those three studies, they said different things. Hmm. Uh, in they terms all of, came to different conclusions. Yes, no, they were they were they were using different methods uh, to measure the different fractions, and the interpretation were were also different. So you can't you cannot come into conclusions <laughs> of this. This is kind of a um, a big salad with different mm-hmm. uh, flavors. Um, so. The, you're uh, going back to the question. I don't, I don't care how much you have. It's a, you know, if I, if I find 500 milligrams, I would say, huh, there's something wrong here. Let's see. Probably you're obese. Probably you have diabetes. Probably you have a, a hypothyroidism. Probably you know, you need to change your life, not to get statins, because I would add another problem. To the to the problem you already have. Yeah. Am I am I putting this clear? I don't yeah. care. I don't, I'm not going to. I'm not going to control. You know, it's like controlling the weather by I don't know blowing into the into my window. It's yeah. Stupid. <laughs> you know. So. <laughs> 
So, because the, the thing that confuses me is, because, I mean, I don't have high cholesterol, so I've just heard, you know, people talk about it, and they're always saying, oh, my cholesterol was, you know, 250, and now it's dropped to 140, or whatever. I don't even know what the numbers are. I'm just pulling them out yeah. of the hat. And you're saying that basically those numbers have no meaning, and you you have to look at, you know, they're basically an uh, incredibly generalized simplification so that the layperson can go around talking like that and can classify yep. themselves as having high cholesterol, and so they can go on the drugs and then feel good about when it drops. But really, those numbers have nothing to do with the picture of whether they have healthy cholesterol levels in their body in all the different fractions that you've described or not. Yes. It's like the Super Bowl or, you know, the the, um, the football game last night, which was the score. Well, it's, it's the same here, which is the score. The score is so-and-so. That doesn't, that's not going to change your life. That's not going to change the, the risk in your life. That's not going to change the quality of your life. That's what they could never demonstrate. That's what their desperation comes from. You know, the pharmaceutical companies are desperate to, to, to demonstrate this, and I, if they would have done that, you would, you would really know. But now it's like a, like a, 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 a football score that you come up and you say, oh, I have so many, so many milligrams, I could put it down. And it, it's, a, it's a simplification. It's, a, it's, it's, it's not good for the people. It's like hypertension. Yeah. The same thing happens with that. Oh, I could lower my blood and da da da. But it, in the in the meantime, you're getting drugs that could kill you. You know what? I'm going to stop you because I think we should do a separate podcast on high blood pressure because I know okay. that's another issue that a lot of people with IBD have, and they're on medication for it. And so we'll, you know what? Let's save that for another one. But I'm going to get. I want to get back to the high cholesterol for a second here. Okay. Um, so let so someone comes and their cholesterol is elevated. You know, looking at all yes. the different fractions and all the different cofactors, and you well, say hmm, it, this is indicative. It, it, yeah, the tendency is. today, the tendency today is to put it down to to make it lower and lower and lower. The risk, you know, where where do we draw the line? And just they yeah. want to put it at two hundred. Yeah. They want to put it at two hundred, and that's that's the tendency today. And that would would a hundred be unhealthy? For people. Uh, well, if you take the the numbers today, 240 is is the limit, or 200, I don't know, 250, which means nothing. You know, the, if you have a, a young a young guy that is um, overweight and has 250, I would worry about his overweight, but not the cholesterol, because it means nothing. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't mean that he is in risk. His risk is because he's sedentary, because he doesn't eat well, because he doesn't, he, he's, he's overweight. He's, yeah, his I life think, I think what we're is, doing, because I can feel myself going through this, I'm having to go through a complete reframe of my brain, because even just from hearing stuff, you know, in, you know, on the media, I'm, I've been programmed to go high cholesterol, heart disease, high cholesterol, yes you know, heart problems. And yes. and so I'm now having to really switch that and you're going, well, the high cholesterol in that person has nothing to do with his heart. It's just indicating no. that he's overweight and he's too sedentary. He needs to get active and he needs to lose some weight. That's all well, it is. Some, it doesn't mean it doesn't have the, anything to say about his heart. 
they can come up with a, a you know figure like um, some fraction of your white blood cells uh, could indicate some risk. So you're obsessed. You know, I, how many neutrophils you have? Oh, I have uh, eight. Oh, that's that's risky. You should have four, because you know the 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 blood the the, the white blood cells have uh, a lot of activities in different uh, inflammatory problems, and heart disease is related to inflammation. So we could go that way also. Right. You know, a score wouldn't mean anything. It's a big picture. It's not the small. It's not. It's not a score. It's not just something that you could you could manipulate with a little pill that would give you other problems other than fixing the ones you think you're going to fix. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Now, so question for you: Let's say you get someone into your clinic who um, is not overweight, is not diabetic. Uh, mm-hmm. They don't smoke, and they still have elevated uh, cholesterol in their blood. Would yep. you then look at their hormonal balance? Of course. I would go there, and I would go with the other fractions, like different things that I, I could think of. There are familiar um, lipid, you know, lipid diseases. Like the right. Fredrickson, and there, there, there are a number of different syndromes that could have different approaches, uh, different other than statins. Right. Okay. So I, there, there are metabolic, metabolical problems that are hard to um, treat just with uh, with these little drugs, and and there, there is also controversial data. Um, saying that if you use these drugs in those com- complex diseases, you may be adding problems to the basic, the, the basic the, the disease. Right. So, I, you know, I don't trust these drugs. They're, these are are very dangerous, uh, tricky uh, drugs that are not shouldn't be used. I think at all. Right. So you you don't you don't think that anybody, regardless of circumstances, should be on statin drugs? None. I don't. I don't use them at all. I, I never prescribe them. Never. Um, you know, I'm, I'm may, I may be a little outdated, but I never prescribe them because I saw the, all these side effects. Yeah. And I I don't want to, I don't want that for my, for a patient that's coming uh, to me to look for a cure or to look to to have a, a better life. Other than uh, you know, ruining his his heart because I'm I'm sure it's uh, you know I'm a if you I'm, I'm a cardiologist I want to take care of your heart not not to spoil it exactly not destroy your heart muscle by giving you right. statin drugs <laughs> yes okay well thank okay. you so much Doctor Knott this has been absolutely wonderful and uh, I'm going to stop it here and then you and I will um, book another time to do um, another one about the high blood pressure because I know. Um, that's going to be very interesting as well. So thank you very much for sharing all of your knowledge and expertise with us today. Oh, it's been a pleasure. Okay. It's, it's always challenging. Your, your, your questions are always challenging. <laughs> well, I aim to please. <laughs> thank you. No, you know, and the thing is, the reason um, I'm asking is because I have a lot of consultation clients and readers who write in with this issue, and... Um, you know, I mean, I say to them, you know, my my whole basis of healing is I've just never seen any drug 
to be good over the long term. So I say, well, you know, let's look at getting you off those statins. And there's such resistance to that that um, that's what made me say, oh, let's do this podcast about it and, and get people more educated and maybe past their fear. Um, yeah. You know, because the media is hammering people on high cholesterol and statin drugs. Yeah, what, one thing that we didn't say is these drugs act over the, the liver, you know, because the liver is the one producing the cholesterol. Right. You know, cholesterol comes out of the liver. And so they're manipulating some uh, enzymes and some um, chemical process in, in, in the laboratory of our, our body that is the liver. And there, you always have to monitor the enzymes, the enzymes that, that, that speak about liver damage. You have to be very careful. And all of these drugs are, are interacting there. So I'm, I'm pretty sure the the uh, intestine has some some uh, some of the re- repercussion uh, over with this effect. So I wouldn't I wouldn't you know I wouldn't take them if I have IBS or IBD. I would be very careful taking these drugs, having to and, you know in, into account that they don't they don't uh, uh, transform they don't cure. Yeah. That's the basic the basic issue. If this doesn't it's not good for me. Why do I take it? Well, you know, the other thing that occurs to me, aside from, you know, what you just outlined about the liver affecting um, the intestinal tract, is isn't the intestinal tract muscle fiber? I wouldn't venture there, but the, it is. It's a different fiber. It's not, okay. it's not directly, but we have, we have a lot of muscle in the intestinal uh, wall. So it could be, it could be affecting it. Yeah, uh, it could be. Yes. Right. So, what's the point of getting this thing in your in your body? Exactly. Well. Yes. Thank you very much. And You're we'll, welcome. We'll we'll talk more shortly. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Good Dr. afternoon. Bye bye. Bye.